Hey, what's going on, podcast world? It's your man, Terrence J. Welcome to the show. We're talking about understanding equity in real estate. I have a guest with me. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hello, everyone. My name is Beverly Miller, and I'm a realtor and a broker owner in San Diego, California. But I've been a broker and uh, since for about 27 years and I've been a realtor for 34 years. I've also, and I am currently an adjunct professor teaching real estate practice and principles at three of the local community colleges here in San Diego. I've been doing that for 14 years. And then lastly, I think that may be helpful to you. Prior to becoming a realtor, I was in mortgage banking. I was a loan officer, loan processor, and loan underwriter. I always say, I just work my way on out of the bank. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> understand that. How is the weather out there in California? Today is pretty cool, but it's been sunny, sunny. Mm-hmm. We pay for the sunshine, I said. Our <laughs> houses is not all that. They just stuck on wood. Don't even compare about that skis. <laughs> right, right. I definitely understand it. I definitely understand that. So, okay. Well, then, you know, I, I, it's a lot of people that have been wanting to know, you know, about the equity and understanding the equity in, in, in real estate. So, you know, I have a couple questions that I wouldn't mind asking you. Okay. So, we're going to talk about equity. What is equity? Equity in real estate is diff- is the difference between the market value of your home minus the amount that you owe to a lender who holds your mortgage. Let me give you an example. Okay. Market value, for an example, is what someone is willing to pay for the home. You can put your house on the market, for example, for much higher, but you may not never get someone that's willing to pay that price. So always keep in mind the market value is what someone is willing to pay for your home. This example I'm going to give you, market value is 325000 And then what you want to do is minus the mortgage that you owe to the lender, for an example, 200000 So the remaining is $125,000. That is your equity in the home. Okay. Okay, I definitely understand that. Definitely understand that. So by a person buying a home and um, they wanted to use that equity, could they be able to use that equity to end up buying like another property? Oh, yes, for sure. Okay. They can definitely buy another property, but just keep in mind that property will be a most likely a non-owner property, so the interest rate will be a little bit higher. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you on that. Okay, and another question that I wanted to ask: uh, What are some procedures uh, that a first-time home buyer uh, can take during this pandemic? Well, just keep in mind that it's very important that you shop for a home right now is depending on the the coronavirus restriction in your area. Safety is another key factor. And also virtual tours are what's happening now. Buyers may consider offering a modest discount below asking price because we're in a market now where fewer homes is on the market. 
Let me talk a little bit for an experience. On a couple of days ago, I was showing a property here, and it was limited where we as brokers showing our clients can only take three people in at a time. And this showing was like every other hour. Mm. Another one is uh, most local agents are being interviewed online. Okay. video calls instead of going into a real estate office. One thing that I think that's so important that you need to understand too as far as procedures is there's two uh, ways that you can obtain a home as far as knowing what you qualify for. One is pre-approval and one is pre-qualification. Now, pre-approval means that you have actually submitted to the lender W-2s, recent pay stuff, bank statement. So they are, have gathered your information and they are approving you for a certain dollar amount. However, pre-qualification is the lender is only indicating what you may be likely to be approved for because they have not received all the documentation or the documentation they need to verify. Also, what's important in this pandemic, if you are a buyer and you have stable employment or job security, I highly recommend that you buy a home now. And why is that? It's because the interest rates have never been this low. We have interest rate as little as 2.625% and on a 15-year fix. It's doing a 2.125. So that's a pretty, pretty good interest rate, something that I haven't seen in years and years and years since I've been a realtor. Another one that you should keep in mind is um, seek out a first-time homebuyer program to help you with down payment assistance. What I recommend on that, all you need to do is just Google your state and city in your area and you Google help with down payment assistance programs. And there are still companies that are willing to help with your down payment assistance as a first time buyer. Another key factor is, like I stated, few homes are on the market. So don't let this pandemic keep you from buying. Now is the time. Yeah. Definitely, definitely that, definitely that. I definitely understand that, you know, just reaching out, um, you know, because it's very important, you know, because you do have a lot of people that's, you know, first time home buyers that was thinking about, you know, buying a home, but then thinking about the pandemic, you know, and everything was going on, just trying to just figure out what's the proper procedures that they can actually take, you know, within buying, you know, a home for the first time. Yes. Yes, definitely that, definitely that. Okay, so I have another question. Um, HELOC, Home Equity Line of Credit. Can you go into details about that? Sure. Uh, keep in mind, when you think about a HELOC, it becomes a second lien on your home. What you're doing is you're purchasing a home, and then a, you as the buyer or you as the homeowner has decided, okay, what I want to do now is do some home improvements or 
I want to sad to say this is what I see happen. I want to go and use this money and buy a car. Did you hear that? Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the wrong thing that you buy. <laughs> yes, yes. And what we need to know and Terrence and I have talked about this. Cars depreciate. The reason why we like homes and property is because I mean, I should say the opposite. Cars depreciate, I think I did say that, and homes appreciate. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's so important that if you do decide to get a HELOC, a home equity line of credit, I highly recommend you be wise with that. You either take it to do some improvements of your home or buy another property if you can. Also, what a bank can do is if there are just some banks out here that would do this, for an example, you get a first lien, you're getting ready to buy a property now. You never bought a property before. So you get a first lien at 80%, and I'm going to say that house purchase is going to be 300000 So 80% is 240000 Then you get a second lien, which is the HELOC, at 10%. That's $30,000. So that totals 270000 Now you have 10000 I mean, you have 10%, I'm sorry about that. You have 10% that you have to put down. That's 30000 So those numbers, the 240, the 30000 HELOC, and the 30000 down that you have will have you to purchase a home for 300000 So banks are doing that also. This is also called, all of this is concurrent. It's all closing at the same time. Now, the advantage of uh, a HELOC that you need to know is it's interest-only payments oftentimes. Like anything else, there's positive and negative. The negative is the payment is based on a prime rate, a margin, and they get that from an index. So that means that the rate changes. It goes, it can go up and down. And it's based on the federal funds uh, rate. That's how they look at that, what that prime rate will be, which means that it can increase and your balance can increase. So look at a HELOC. It's similar to a credit card. You can use it or you don't have to use it. Right. Definitely, definitely understand that. Now we're talking into the HELOC and also... Um, let's talk about the cash out refinance. Okay, when we talk about cash out refinance, it's a replacement on your first mortgage, meaning your lien, the lien that you have on your property that you owe the bank. And what you have decided now, what I want to do is refinance that mortgage that I have now but I'm going to refinance and I'm going to take cash, some cash out of my home. The interest rates on the cash uh, out refinance are usually lower than the interest rate on the home equity loan. So that's a positive thing. The opposite type of refinance, 
cash out is what we call a rate and term refinance. And what that means that no cash is being taken out. A better note rate or loan terms are above can be provided to the homeowner. So what I want you to keep in mind is that when you take cash out refinance, what you're doing is you are using your equity, some of your equity, and those are giving on first mortgages. Okay, you got another question for yeah, me? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely that. Um, and then I also have uh, uh, one more. How can you end up um, increasing your home equity? Oh, boy, that's a good one. <laughs> That's a real good one. Yeah, that was the, yeah, that was the question that a lot of people wanted to know. You know, you know, they just like, hey, axer it is, 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 axer it is. So it was like, okay, I'll make sure okay. I, I ask that question there. Okay. So this is something I've been doing lately in the business. I've been working with flippers. And those are investors that are looking for a home that is, uh, don't take this in the wrong way, but they need so much work done on it. Okay. And they are going to buy it all cash, and then they're going to go in and rehab it, and they're going to sell it. And what I'm finding out, sad to say, people, especially these seniors now, because I've been working with a lot of seniors, and when they don't have their adult children around them, or even if some of them do have their adult children around them, they need to understand the importance of keeping up that home. Because they're going to be losing money when perhaps mom needs to go, sad to say, to a nursing home or mom needs to move in to, with you out of state or even while you're in state at your home. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about how you can increase your equity okay. is you need to renovate the inside of the home, such as kitchen, the bathrooms, the floorings, the entryway. When I'm walking through a house, for an example, and this house needs work, I'm looking at even the walls. When was the last time those walls have been painted? Mm -hmm. Does the plumbing work? When I flush the toilet, does it go on and on and on? Housekeeping is imperative. Another one is curb appeal. Mm -hmm. Curb appeal has to do with, quite naturally, ah, I'm driving by and, ooh, look at that landscape. Or, oh, at night. And I tell my clients, if you're considering buying a home, don't just look at the house in the daytime. Look at it at night. Drive the neighborhood at the day and at night. Lighting is important. Mm -hmm. Are there updated windows? Is How is the exterior 
of the home. It's a chip painting. And then another one to increase your equity, you may want to consider choosing a 15-year or 20-year if you can afford it. Payments are higher, yet they are building more equity every month when it comes to the 15-year and 20-year loan. But if you can afford it, do so. And then the last one that I will share with you is upgrading the heating and cooling system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely, <laughs> that's definitely a plus. Yeah, installation is important. Yeah, that's definitely a plus. So pretty much the same things that you go in looking for, is that pretty much the same things that uh, a real estate appraisal uh, go in looking for when they're going to appraise? Yes, but even more. So I can share a little bit with you on that one. And it's not, it's a lot, but I'll share uh, I think some of the basic things. Okay. And in California, we use what we call a uniform residential appraisal report. So they have the subject. They're going to give you the legal description. They're going to give you a assessor partial number. They will also give you the neighborhood name, who owns, and they will have on there the owner, if the owner is a tenant or is it vacant. And then they have what you call the contract price. Okay, what is the date of this contract? Is there any financial assistance that's going to be given on on this? Was there a gift or was there a down payment assistance program? They also look at the neighborhood. What are the neighborhood boundaries? What is the neighborhood description? Is it suburban? Is it urban? Is it in a rural area? And then the site. How's the zoning? How's it classified? How's the utilities? Are they public? And then also, what we're going through in some areas, is it in a flood area? Yes or no? And then improvements. Have any improvements been done? all the way up going into the attic, pulling it down to take a look. How is the heating? Is it a fireplace? Is there a patio? What is the square footage of the home? And the reason why they want all this, because keep in mind what they're going to do is they're going to make comparables, at least three comparables to the subject property. Is it any repairs that needs to be done? And so the comparables is key. All of this is key. And just be aware that appraising and an appraiser is very, very detailed. The comparables, what oftentimes they use is they seek out three comparables and they attempt to compare apples with apples. So if the home is a three-bedroom, two-baths, they attempt to go out and look at homes at three bedroom and two baths. And the reason, they don't want to go no more than six months or less on each one of those comparables. Let's say they can't find uh, two of those comparables, there's three bedrooms 
two baths like the subject is. So what they're going to do on the comparables that they do find, those two, they're going to make the adjustment for that. So if this home is a one-bathroom and my subject is a two-bathroom, they make a dollar adjustment on that. Okay. And, and hopefully that helps. Okay. Definitely that, definitely that. A question just came in. Um, somebody um, sent me a message to ask you, have you ever sold a tiny home before? No, I have not. But I want to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy one. Yeah, that's definitely understandable. And you know why I want to buy one? For maybe two reasons. One is because I, if I get older, and because of my certain size of the house, I may move in that house that's on the same lot and allow the grandchildren or the adult child to now own the house, the major house in the front. Okay. Yeah, I definitely, definitely understand that. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on and explaining these things uh, because this is something that, you know, I feel like all of us uh, needed this information, you know, um, because of we're dealing, like you say, in a pandemic, you know, what can we do? You know, is the market, you know, the way that it was at first. And like you were saying that the market is at a all time low right about now. So, you know, the best time to be trying to buy a home is pretty much now. Or the best time is to refinance your home is pretty much now because it's at an all time low. Yes, yes, yes. It is definitely a good time. Don't be afraid. Don't hesitate. And also keep in mind there's fewer homes on the market, so this is a good time to buy. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I do want to say uh, my Facebook page, uh, my company name is Upgroup Realty. Okay. And I'm based in San Diego. Okay. And what's good uh, about Realtors is even if you want to buy in another state, what we do is connect you with a agent or broker in another state and we get a referral fee. Okay. 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 Yeah. And for me, I'm the type of realtor that if I refer you to another broker or agent in another area, I definitely tell them I want to be connected and given feedback because I believe in education and in holding your hand. And one of my niches is I want you to understand what you're signing. Oftentimes what I see is that, sad to say, some of my fellow agents, what they do is they sign here, sign there. What you don't want to do when you get ready to buy a house, be cautious. Have them to explain to you what you are signing. Well, what does that paragraph mean? Why is that paragraph in bold print? And even though you may not comprehend a lot of the jogging, tell them to break it down so you can understand it the best you can. Yeah. Any other 
the questions? Yeah, definitely that. Definitely that. That's pretty much all the questions that uh, um that we have right now. Um, like I said, I definitely want to appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, like you said, you gave a lot of valuable information, and then I feel like my podcast listeners definitely gonna um listen to this and, and, and soak in this information and, and hey, you know, might be somebody probably may reach out to you and may want to buy a home in the California area or maybe even somewhere else. Yes. So feel free to go to my uh, new Facebook page, write a comment on what you thought about uh, the podcast, and I would really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you, Terrence, for inviting me. Yes, thank you. I'd love to do it again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And, you know, like, hey, we definitely going to keep everybody updated on this. You know, my name is Terrence J. And we out.